0: Hello and welcome to the Uneducated Rugby Podcast Sunday Review. Um, Lucy Jones is here with me as always. A good friend of mine, Andy Davis, is on. This is your debut, Andy. Um, it's a bit of a painful one to debut on. We thought this would be a bit of an easier task to to, to well, deal with. in Wales, yeah. Than this, but uh, what
1: can
2: you do? You got to deal with the hand that's given to
0: you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the ideal start for you, is it? Like, um, <laughs> well, we. Well, I predicted what was it, twenty five thirteen, and I thought that was a bit sort of um, conservative. Loose. What did you predict before kick off?
3: Oh, I went thirty six fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. totally wrong. So
0: we we said those were the possibilities, and then we went. It could be tighter, but we didn't. There was nothing that we considered a loss. Andy, did you ever consider that Wales would lose that game at home to Italy? You know, first time ever.
2: No, uh, not, not in the slightest. I think, I, I, I mean, I was expecting that the same thing would happen as all the other countries, and it'd be like a bonus point win. Italy would sort of show promise and show some stuff that they've done that is. uh, that is improving from the past few years, but no way did I think they would be sort of within a score in the second half, let alone sort of leading at half time and then <laughs> snatching it at the end.
0: Yeah, I, you know, even even at half time, I thought Wales would win that game. Even at 70 minutes, I thought Wales had the game. You know, Luce, you and I watched it on, I think you watched it as well on S4C, didn't you? And. No, I was watching it with English-speaking housemates. So oh, fair Unfortunately, yeah. You missed the joys of S4C, which was a really nice touch because they had Stephen Varney on to do sort of pitch-side analysis, which is really cool because, obviously, Italian scrum half, but well-speaking. 72 minutes on the clock, Wales are leading by six. They interview Stephen Varney and they say come on, you know, Stephen, where are Italy going to get that first win from? You know, how are you going to get, win? you know, past this game, obviously, you know, how are you going to get that first win? When is it going to come finally for Italy? And you're thinking, there's eight minutes on the clock. Italy are only six points behind. They're still in this game. And he did say that, but also sort of carried on to say, yeah, hopefully we can get it at some point in the future. I think even he was surprised that Italy managed to get that final score, the way the game was looking. And, (sighs) Luce, you know, first and foremost, can we, 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 we should tackle the, the obvious thing, which was Italy played superbly.
3: Yeah, they did. Um, uh, just no one expected it at the end of the day. Um, we all thought, yeah, it might be quite competitive, but I definitely thought we'd run away with it by the end, maybe the last 20 minutes. Um, we'd be stronger, we'd be fitter. We've showed that during this tournament. Um, we have been playing better in the second half. So, yeah, being... Down at half time. Uh, yeah, no, no fear. And then when when Jones went over, um, and whoever that Italian defender was holding the ball up um, saved the game. Mm. And um, they went on to score. What a brilliant try. Um,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> it's just, just gutting, isn't it? But the, it is just gutting. But uh, you know what? I think against Scotland, Italy deserved that win. They deserved the win against Wales, I think. And uh, as the Welsh would say, they, uh, they, um, they doubled that hard, they carried on <laughs> right to the end. Just everyone says that word in rugby and you are speaking is, high always makes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is, it, is this a new thing for us, Luce? Because last week I said frog fiddle and a tour. Is that a new thing? We're going to have a Welsh, Welsh saying <laughs> or phrase every week. Now, Why not? I think, not? <laughs> I think um, I, you know, Italy, the first half with the better team i I I rewatched the game today. I through.
3: Why.
1: Yeah,
0: I I it's I don't tend to rewatch losses, and that was painful to rewatch. But first half, I thought it's most of the game is in our own half, and probably the biggest strength or improvement I saw in Italy was their goal kicking to begin with. You know, Italy yeah. normally leave three or six points out there, but yesterday, Andy, they were you know kicking it for fun from fifty meters. 100
2: percent. I think like um just just I mean being able to I mean similarly to how Wales were for many years before uh, when Halfpenny was kind of kicking long range stuff before he did um did more all round kicking. If they've got the combination of Padovani doing long range and then Garbisi doing the doing the closer ones and if you think then any penalty that um that an opposition for them gives away in their own half is potential three points. It makes them so much more dangerous. Uh just at being able to keep the scoreboard ticking over, which is what winning teams need to do. Yeah. I think I was I think aside that, along with their goal kicking, their sort of in play kicking game in general, I was so impressed with. Um like their back three on the kick chase were just they just look like different players than we've seen the rest of the tournament.
0: Yeah, I think I think their kicking game was brilliant. Apart from, I think there's one out on the full from Garbisi, and then there's one, oh. one penalty he manages to miss touch on, which really looked like crucial moments. But mm-hmm. apart from that, you're talking the the first. I think I, I I pretty much wrote a narrative of the whole game, but particularly the first minute because I thought this was interesting that you start the game, there's a kickoff, Italy then drop the kickoff. Then there's a rushed kick that comes back to McNichol. McNichol does this weird loop thing with uh, Bigger at halfway, and they don't gain any ground. Italy are allowed to just swallow them up. Dewy Lake then gets held up, and it's a maul. Italy get the scrum. First kick then, Garbisi kicks a kick, which is meant as a 50-22, bounces on its end, nearly nearly ends up being a try for Italy with Ioani. And, Mm. yeah, as you mentioned, they... the similarities with Wales were uncanny. They sort of out-walesed Wales in that first yeah, half. Totally. Um,
2: but then I think with, in the second half, it's what, where we've sort of snatched many wins in the past of kind of having a period... Because so, I think I'm with you, first half Italy with a better team, yeah. in the second half on rewatching, it's it sort of, I don't know, started off quite well and then started to slip a bit and it looked like Wales sort of would see at home but they were still they the entire time they stayed within the school so any opportunity that comes up they they're, they're there for the taking um and also when you've got the caprozo at the at the back who looks like a little live wire um, opportunities are going to come and uh, unfortunately I mean for the tournament I think it's brilliant and if it if Italy can kind of continue this and be sort of consistently competitive it'll make the six nations even more exciting than it is currently just kind of wish they'd done it against someone other than Wales (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know what that's off to them they deserve to win
3: just after the whole talks during the whole tournament of oh um Italy should be dropped I think they needed that it really did. But like you just said, unfortunately, it was against Wales. If only yeah. it would have been against another team. But it, it was just a wonderful moment for them.
0: Yeah, we we had that conversation with Marcello last week, didn't we Lisa, Or early in the week. About... He,
3: he thought that Tolu would win. Yeah. And he was right.
0: Yeah, so did Sean yeah. Hoff, Offload Rugby Media or whatever you want to call him from RCP. And painfully so. um Look, there's some stand-up performances. You mentioned him there, Andy, with Kapuwat. So, Luce, we we did quite a big preview on Kapuwat, didn't we? Talking about his talents, and we talked about the yeah. fact that Grenoble need to update his <laughs> his bio <laughs> on their official account, yeah. which they still need to do. Um, yeah. But
3: I didn't realize he was going to lose though.
0: Yeah, I, I, didn't, didn't that. I didn't realize that. Um, Colby
3: out, he's in. Yeah, lovely. Not,
0: not a bad move, is it really? When when you look at the talent that he's got, and he looks, I you know, I was listening to another podcast, the the Scottish rugby podcast, and they said he looks like a vampire or a street urchin because he looks a bit malnourished and underfed and all these sort of things. But he's he, every kick for Tony looked dangerous. You look at that moment where I think he's... Tompkins puts a kick through and it's in his in-goal area and he doesn't dab it down he creates a counter-attack and stays on his feet then off flows to Ioani you've got the other moments all through whenever his counter attack it's dangerous but that final try um it's insane play from him we'll come to the defense I'm sure shortly but <laughs> how brilliant is it from him Andy to spot spot the opportunity there and just, just go for it really
2: hundred percent. I mean like the break in itself is phenomenal. Then uh I think it's is it, it is Kieran Hardy that he's, yeah. he's mm-hmm. for nothing. What was what was really impressed, bearing mind he's he's a young player, he's it's a second cap. He probably had the had the legs to be able to go over in the corner, but really, really composed. Gets yeah. yeah. it inside the Padovani. Um so they can go under the posts and I'm sure Garbisi will have given him a pint in it uh, <laughs> <laughs> so rather because cause, I don't know in another universe you could have really seen him winning the glory for himself and then giving Garbisi a horrible kick to win it and could have been a very different result but to be able to have the Naus to do that in his, his first start for Italy is
0: phenomenal yeah I, I think a quick word needs to be given to the medic I don't know if you've seen the medic he's actually pointing like shouting at him while <laughs> running on the side of the pitch going give it inside and you mentioned composure that's exactly what he showed the composure that Yuani didn't in the first half <laughs> and that Stuart Hogg didn't in the Scotland game you know yeah,
1: yeah. where you've
0: got Ioane um he's done a brilliant chip over the top he's chased after it caught it He's got a one-on-one with Josh Adams, two-on-one with Pettinelli on his inside, and then he decides, no, nah, I can back myself. And, you know, yeah. that that's why Ioane didn't win Man of the Match and Josh Adams did, which did make a mockery of the whole 75 minutes give Man of the Match award, and always got to give it to the winning team. Um, Luce, so a couple of other guys that you want to just shout out were brilliant. I thought Danilo Faschetti was incredible. Yeah,
3: he was. If, if he can... Um, improve his scrimmaging; mm. he could be <laughs> one of the best loose-ends figures in the world. Yeah. Um, I did think Monty played well. Other than that, um, yeah, I I did think he was just dangerous. Um, yeah. we were definitely just worried about what we, what he could do. Um, who else played well? Just
0: look at the team sheet here. <laughs> <Pet-head>. Well, that's <laughs> El- the- plays well.
3: He's been he's been very consistent this
0: tournament, isn't he? Yeah, he's been brilliant this tournament. Uh, the other guy who really stood out for me was Ali. I thought mm. he was superb. He was absolutely everywhere. Halafiji as well had a good game. Um, Brex as well as a defensive thirteen. Brex is really starting to turn it up. Mm. Another of the Argentinian-born Italians that's that's coming through. Mm.
2: Just to go back on to Vichetti, what I was um so the um the break you mentioned a few minutes ago when uh, they were in their in owning goal area, managed to get that break across and only nearly went the net-, net the length of pitch. What I was so impressed with was the fact that the first player to that breakdown is Vichetti like a loose head prop. And you just see him absolutely tanking <laughs> yeah. it and then win the penalty. But it's it's just like the the work rate to, to have when your props get there first is like ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and that's the work. As you mentioned, he wins the penalty because it's his threat of being over the ball that causes Josh Adams to go off his feet. You know, Josh Adams gave away a bucket load of penalties yesterday. And, you know, he did You know, try saving tackles, scored a try, so it kind of swings around about. But you look at the final penalty that Italy win... Josh Adams then gives a bit of back chat and that costs Wales 10 metres as well. And again, again, you're mentioning kick chase and work ethic. And we are a Welsh podcast, so I'm going to move it on to to the Wales element. And let's look at it, that final try from a Welsh perspective. How how disappointing is that from a side that for years has kicked and kept the ball in play and relied on a defence that has a great work ethic. How disappointing is it and to see guys just slipping off tackles in the way that they did?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, if you look at it on paper, like, two minutes left on the clock, Italy get the ball 70 metres out from the line, there's no way that, that they should be scoring that from a Welsh perspective. Like that For a team that's prided itself on defence for many years, I know it's not... The same as it was in the Sean Edwards area, which is another.
1: Conversation.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we'll come to it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm,
2: sure, I'm sure we will. But um, just basic missed tackles um, is for a professional rugby player. It's just not well for an international rugby player. It's just not good enough, really.
0: Yeah, and the 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 way in which the Welsh defense comes up the. I want to use a Welsh word here again, Luce. Ow, is the word I want to use. But the, the, the way they're desperate to come up, and you see Tompkins come up really well. Tompkins is brilliant. Stops and uh, Angie, I'm not sure it's Ange or Angie, but stops him going to the left-hand side, the more open side. Then Sheedy's sort of in behind him as well, and, and Navidi, that's a decent line. Then you go inside, Bradley Roberts is too slow. He's only been on the pitch two minutes, so don't know why he's so slow coming up. Beard beard Moriarty and Leon Brown are jogging now beards played seventy five minutes uh, se- sorry seventy eight minutes by that point of the game fair enough brown Brown played thirty five and um so as a tired oh, prop does. maybe he's tired moriarty's played twenty five yeah. he shouldn't be tired i i'm sorry but there's no excuse for that to be to yeah. be sort of jogging into the line when it's when it's that desperate in the last two minutes you've got to make that point and you've got to shore up that scene which yeah he's breaks in between Fallotow and Josh Adams as it happens um Luce do you think do you think Dan Bigger had hit the nail on the head really when he said that Wales didn't show enough fight didn't show enough determination and didn't didn't show that that at work ethic that we've expect come to expect from Wales
3: yeah, you spot on. Um, I think that try I think every individual player just thought, oh, well, they're not gonna score from this, they're too far out. So every defense a defender that missed their tackle or their man, well they're not gonna score. Um we will still win this not long to go. Um but it's just the poor class then of the Italians. And I think it's just a bit of a shock. But, yeah, he said in his post-match interview, didn't he, um, how some of these players won't play again. <sighs> it's harsh.
0: What are, you, what are your thoughts but, on that? Do you, think that's, do, you think that's, do you think that's overly passionate straight after a game? Where, you know, yeah, yeah he's
3: hun- obviously
0: angry. It's his 100th cap. He's going to be emotional regardless, but he's emotional because he's lost the game against Italy. First, not only has he lost on his 100th cap, he's the first captain to ever lose at home into Italy.
3: Yeah, of course, he's angry. Um, he's disappointed with his team. It's literally straight after the match. Maybe by today he wouldn't be saying the words he said. Um, but I do think that there are probably a few players who won't play for Wales again. Considering, obviously, we've got, we have got a fair few injured players um, that aren't involved in the squad who will come back in. But, yeah, I think there are Individuals that will be lucky to play
0: for Wales again. I think there are, there are play, I, maybe not players that will never play for Wales again, but maybe players that will never play for Wales in a key match again. Yeah,
3: true.
0: I think that's you know I don't I think there's players in that twenty three from Saturday that will never play in a key match, and will definitely won't start in a key match for Wales again. I don't think that's wrong at all and I think there were certain individuals that came into that side um and didn't perform as well as they should have and didn't didn't show you know I, I I I'm I'm not naming these players necessarily but you look at where and when the substitutions were made you know there's substitutions at 40 minutes 45 minutes 50 minutes those are early substitutions and um some of those guys I think it showed that they were undercooked. you know, yeah. I think we can say Alan Wynne Jones was undercooked. And probably it was a sentimental selection rather than anything else. Um I'm not saying he should never play for Wales again, of course not, because <laughs> because of who he is, but I think his selection suggested it was a, a sentimental element rather than anything. Um we're so we gonna mention the curse? The Alan Wynne Jones uh, curse. I texted you in the game,
3: didn't I? Yeah. Um well, after the game then. So last week, well, during the preview part, we mentioned the Halloween curse. Um, How on his special uh, key moments then, key caps of first cap, 50th cap, 100th cap, the record-breaking cap, he's lost, the, the team have lost those games and we lost when he won his 150th cap for Wales. But most of these games have been hard games. They've been yeah. against tough
0: teams. I think. Yeah. I think New Ze. We've seen New Zealand, South Africa in that list. We've seen Argentina away, but we've also seen first loss ever against Scotland at home.
3: From yeah. him, well, Pascalis, like
0: but yeah, yeah, and we've seen first loss against Italy at home. I, yeah. you know, I'm not blaming Aaron Jones. I'm not, but because there were yeah. several yeah. issues, and look, it, right, let's let's try and look at positives because. It's difficult to, but there there were some good performances. We mentioned Josh Adams' try, is phenomenal play, and Andy just a quick bit on that. Do you, you know the, the way he manages to cut inside? He's he's pretty expert at that. We've seen him do it against Argentina and the sorts on summer tours as well.
2: Yeah, well, I just I, from seeing that, I it's just like all the rugby coaches um, for young years who always say like, "Don't run to the side, don't run to the side." <laughs> Completely disregarded it and then most people I dry out of it. So um, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, he's a quality player. I'd argue he's one of our, Like, yeah, I'd say he's arguably our best player, or at least up there as one of them of consistently putting in decent performances as long as he's not picked at centre. Um, <laughs> but. Um, it was like yeah, like the try-saving tackle that try, and um, few other moments where he uh, where he, he made mistakes with like penalties and that kind of thing. So It wasn't a perfect performance by any means, but um, he was going out and he was emptying the tank and seeing opportunities where they could in ways that other players in the team like didn't.
0: Yeah, um, o- on that try actually, there's a massive yeah. floated pass from Moriarty, and I'm screaming at him as he's floating it out, going "What on earth are you doing?" <laughs> and then it turns out to be a try assist, and I went, "Ah, uh, yeah, fair play." <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually screamed at him on TV, um, like slightly like and that
2: breaks the
0: rule. Yeah, exactly, and the it, you know that the the build up to that try was really good. There's a lovely little pop from Owen Watkin as a first receiver that. Brings Moriarty through Moriarty, then does a half break and then offloads at the back door to win Jones. That was beautiful. The first try as well, Luce, you know, the, again, Josh Adams' work down the touchline and well through the midfield, but the hands from, you know, probably another one of Wales' best players, you mentioned, Adams Falatow, is probably up there as one of Wales' best oh. players as well. And his hands to put Watkin through that hole is beautiful.
3: Yeah, it, it's just a shame Falate doesn't have more of the ball. Right, really. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um
3: uh, okay. because he, yeah, he was one of our standard players. Um but yeah. He he's just he's just a class up, isn't he? Um <laughs> he's just brilliant. And at key moments he delivers and that pass then yeah, a great spot in front Watkin as well to find the guy it um,
0: was down to that quick pass yeah and you look at that moment where Faletau's got an option to his right I can't remember who the forward is that that draws the man but he's got a forward and then the out the back option and that's where Wales were the best when they could do those little pot passes or the short passes rather than these one out runners that Wales did um You've also got the try for Dewey Lake. You've got the non-try for Win jones where are the highlights. Navidi, I thought, had a superb game in defence. You know, I think he had three turnovers altogether, which, you know, following our discussion about turnovers week in, week out, loose yeah. was, was good to see. Um,
3: and Dewey Lake as well. Yeah. And he turned a fair few balls over crucial points. And I thought he played really well. Um, He had step up this week. And he played for most of the game for, like, 75 minutes. So... um considering obviously Ken is out Elias is definitely improving yeah. um, and we've apologised enough times <laughs> on this part but I think Derry Lake will be good competition for Elias now M- maybe I know you've spoken about before how um, on, line-out wise needs to be a bit more experimental maybe um,
0: I'll, I'll say this right on Derry I thought second half Derry had a good game you know, a couple of turnovers, the try, um, a lot of work at rates, and I think his lineout throwing was good. The, the The things against him, the lineout throwing is middle and front all game. None of it was back yeah. ball really, and that halted the Wales attack significantly. And I don't think you can stress that. Um, you've also got to mention he gives away a penalty. Uh, there's the moment he's held up in the mall, which was. Poor at the right in the you know, thir- first 30 seconds there's the tap and go that is basic i'm sorry yeah. and i and, and don't mean to dig him out he's a young player and he's clearly a talented player but that is basic rugby it was a new law for me because i uh, there's i don't know if you've seen this clip but there's a clip that does the rounds where tj Paranara doesn't tap the ball with his foot from a penalty advantage and angus gardner's the co- uh the referee sorry and he penalises him. And then TJ Perrinar says, well, if I didn't tap the ball, it's still my penalty, no? And then Angus Gardner goes, oh yeah, good point, and gives him the penalty again. So that's what I thought the <laughs> law was. But obviously, if you don't tap the ball when it's obvious you're trying to tap the ball, I think that, that's then where the error is. Um, I, I'm i struggling to find any other positives. Andy, do you have any of the rays of light? <laughs> um, sort of
2: Tom Kim's look good when he came on, like I rate him as a player. Yeah. I think he particularly having in his sort of three seasons, uh is it is three, isn't it? Three yeah. seasons in a World jersey so far. He's had his ups and downs, but it seems like he's maturing and um still has the same energy and still the same drive that he did when he started. But um just yeah, just a bit more nice and a bit more um consistency both in attack and defence these days, so I thought he looked good when he was coming on. Um, I think Zamet looked, Reece Samet looked better than he did at the start of the tournament, and he looked kind of, it, I, again, didn't have a perfect game. A um, couple of key things, say like, um, no, there was a great pass, but that drop um, from the McNichol pass in that like, first 20 minutes or so, mm. wasn't a great ball, but, one that arguably should have got but he's yeah. like in comparison to his performances in the first two rounds he was looking for the ball a lot more and yeah. hungry for possession which like yeah is what he needs to be doing because with the speed that he has we want him to have the ball as much as possible really yeah.
0: um, he looked like a guy who was trying to make things happen to be fair and sometimes that was good and sometimes it was bad and uh, uh, you know the, we've we, I've spoken a lot to the Scots about this and the fact that Finn, Russell and Hogg are trying to do too much to the Six Nations and that seemed to be where LRZ got caught. Um, there's a moment where I think it's around 73... It's after the win joins Chance, I think it's 73, 74 minutes where he's... We've got the ball on there, 22. He goes one way, comes back and then tries to chip over the top and tries to regather and score and you're like, that's a one in a million play that is very unlikely to come off and also... Don't kick away possession when we're in the opposition twenty-two. I think he's a young kid with a lot of pressure on him, and
1: yeah.
0: yeah, I I feel for him because he's not just got the pressure of the he's got not just got the pressure of being a young guy playing international rugby for his country. He's the, He's also a young guy who's being pressurized by the coach quite vocally. You then add on the pressure of what everyone's expecting from the country and the fans, and then additionally on top of that. The whole attack pretty much revolves around him and yeah. what he can do because no one else can do anything.
2: And then also adding the pressure that when he did get dropped, Cuthbert came in and had a few stormers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I do feel for him because he's... I mean, he could... In hindsight, he could have seen it coming a mile away but had a phenomenal first season and becoming sort of like arguably the new poster boy for Welsh rugby and then with everyone's expectations of him so high uh, but also the opposition knowing exactly what he can do and um probably marking him much more than they would have when he first came on the scene it it's just unrealistic that he'd be able to sort of achieve those expectations really
0: Yeah. yeah yeah it is to be honest um are there any any particular moments that you thought, this is why Wales lost the game? Because I'm I'm struggling with much more than kicks and the kicking game and how Wales responded to that.
3: I feel like we gave a lot of same old story again, penalties-wise, at the breakdown. Yeah, we turned the ball over more times this week. But the story of the tournament so far is we're isolated at the breakdown. Yeah. And that cost us again. That happened yeah. a fair few times
0: and it's just becoming quite just yeah. Well, you you're gonna get isolated at the breakdown when you got one up runners. You're gonna get isolated at the breakdown when you're getting knocked back, when we were losing collisions all the time, weren't we? As well. I think that especially first half until we started tiring them out. I think kicking game the aim was to keep the ball on the pitch and let them run back at us because we backed our defence. Didn't work in the end, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> it cost us yeah. at the end.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm uh, the the one thing I did find strange was you've got a guy in Johnny McNichol, who Lucy, you know him well from Scarlet's. Like he the season we the Scarlets won the league. Yeah. Johnny McNichol was running back kicks for fun. He didn't he, I barely saw him kick the ball. And Um
3: Yeah.
0: And he didn't do it once. No, oh, well, not once successfully, anyway.
3: Yeah, I, I honestly, before this game, I saw him in the starting lineup. I totally forgot he was part of the squad. Yeah, and I think that says a lot. Um, a few years ago, played under Pepe for the Scarlets, 2018 season. Um, he, yeah, he was key for that team. Um, I don't know. He's just he he's injured since then. He hasn't been the same player since, but Pivac has always liked the man. Um, and that obviously he's an attacking player, giving him the opportunity. And it well, I don't
0: know. Yeah. It, it, honestly, if you watch it back, Cap Watson is a young lad who's got no fear, so he's running back everything. Because he's a young lad, second cap, mm-hmm. he's been given license by his coach to say, go for it. Why not? Yeah. Lazard gets the ball outside his twenty-two. Massive amount of space ahead of him. Kicks the ball because he's scared. It leads to it goes out front. It goes to a mark actually from Kapwatsa, which slows the game down for Italy. Suits them. McNichol didn't really create anything from defence and kept on kicking the ball back to Italy. Well, we should be running it. We should have the faith in the team. I'd have thought to run the ball. And you look at that first try, and it comes from us turning the ball over in our own twenty-two and creating stuff from there. And that's what I want from Wales, that's what I expected when PIVAC got the job and to see Wales run the ball a lot more. It, w- w- Andy, do you think Do you think that's a coaching thing? Do you think it's a player thing? Do you think it's six of one, half a dozen of another?
2: Yeah, it's probably, it's probably a bit of both. Um, I wonder if going into the... It, just judging by how Italy had played the rest of the tournament going into the game and also I guess on the back of... Um, how Wales' kicking game worked last week against France I wonder if their game well I reckon the game plan will have had a large emphasis on trust the kicking game and sort of exploit Italy's weakness with that obviously it didn't turn out very well
0: but it um, it, it, it did in a way Italy were out on their feet in the last 20 minutes Do do you not it was just that one moment of brilliance maybe
2: yeah, but I mean I don't know uh, they still kind of sort of soaked up a lot in defence uh, like because um, it, cause it's not like the game massively opened up and suddenly holes were appearing everywhere like yeah in the last 20 minutes they looked significantly more tired than they did at the start of the second half or in the first half but it wasn't like there was a load of holes suddenly yeah. Josh had. A- that was a moment of sort of brilliance from the hitting. but um, in the passage to the to the Win Jones strike, their defence kind of on the line was still pretty solid. Um, I don't know. I think in yeah, I think it, it's got going back to your question on the kicking game. It's got to be is is bound to be a bit of both, but but partially just because if you play a certain
1: way for however long, that becomes your instinct right. Other than, uh,
2: rather rather than just suddenly switching back to trying to run everything, um, I think for uh, in terms of like where Wales lost the game, I started to feel nervous when they had that passage sort of leading up to sort of the twenty minute mark where they had a few penalties in succession and had a few drop balls and. Um, just a few times where it felt like they were going to the line and I guess this is really easy to say with hindsight but I think had it been any other team in the tournament and you were getting those penalties and those positions you'd get the points, you'd get yourself on the scoreboard and then you crack on and you get back down in that area um, which is exactly what Italy did with every bit of territory that they had and um, and I got the impression that Wales were chasing the bonus point before they had the win. Yeah. Um, I
0: think Bigger said that much. Which Bigger funny. said as much in, the, in his post-match, didn't he? When he said, oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he said um, we were trying to be as high up in the table as possible.
3: I thought yeah. we'd get the bonus point, to be honest. I think once Josh Adams got his try over, I thought, oh, we got this now. Um, was it like 10 minutes to go, even more, 12 minutes. I just think we've got this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. But like yeah. during that first 20 minutes or the 20-minute mark, we were in that 22 so often, like you said, we weren't getting any points out of it. We were just making mistakes. And I feel like that in Pivac's post-match interview, he keeps on saying, oh yeah, we made too many errors every single game. Well, that's we're not going to win games <laughs> if we make too many errors and we don't learn. Something needs to change.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the the, the errors are c- clear and I suppose that's the, that's the benefit of hindsight, as, as Andy was saying. You know, if you kick to the corner and score, no one's talking about it. Everyone's talking fair play you know you're you're taking advantage of when you're ahead but you look at under the Gatland era it was always take the points it was always take the points get ahead and then you can maybe put your foot on the throttle and see what happens from there and
3: yeah within the first 10 minutes
0: didn't we kick to touch and then kick for the um, points yeah yeah granted they were tough kicks there weren't yeah. many that were. I don't think there were any that were right in front of the sticks, bar the the one of the, the Derry Lake. Obviously, doesn't tap the ball, but <laughs> Andy, do yeah. you th- do you think do you think it's worth just saying? Do you, do you think it's as simple as saying Wales were complacent, or do you think this has been this has been coming for 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 two or three years? I
2: I definitely think they were complacent. Um... I th- I think, I mean, just even on selection, I think yeah a few a few of the guys that were saying look looked undercooked and it felt like a bit of a a few of these boys have been in the squad so we need to give them some game time and rather because I mean you're making six changes going in going into a game or something along those lines you're not going to have the same sort of consistency that you've built up through the rest of the tournament. Because, I mean, like, it hasn't been a great tournament for Wales, but considering the way we started against Ireland, we have built and we have got better throughout until yesterday. Yeah. Um, But you only get that with uh, kind of some consistency in team selection. Like, I mean, Will (laughs) Rowlands, arguably one of our best players at the tournament and gets dropped for Alan Wynn. As much as I love Alan Wynn and the colossal beast of a man that he is, that was done entirely for sentimental reasons. There's no other player I don't think that they would um, bring in and drop someone who has been one of the form players at the tournament. Um, Look at... um, like Manickel coming in instead of
3: Liam Williams, and um, you look at Halaholo coming yeah, in. Yeah, Tompkins. Like, I mean, and not that I've
2: got anything like Halaholo, I really like as a player, but he seemed off the ball. And um, say, like, um, Bradley Roberts on the bench, kind of not uh, in, whereas, like, like, like we were saying, I think Derry Lake was great, but that kind of. End of the game needed someone like Elias with a bit more experience to be able to come and close it out. But I think it it just from looking at that selection, it seemed as if if I thought it would be a bit of a walkover, and wanted to give some of the wider squad a bit of experience, which is all well and good, but um, if that's what you want to do, but it's a risky take. If you win the game, then no one bats an eyelid. If you lose, as we have, to, and then. As a coach, you've got to be open to uh, criticism and and be open to that being scrutinised.
0: Yeah, it's a good y- you do, and like you've you've set it up there, Andy. We've yeah. Let's tackle <laughs> let's tackle the elephant in the room because um, I've <laughs> have I held my tongue on the pod loose about my opinions on PVAC or have I sort of let it let it. I I've, I've probably haven't been as vocal on the pod as I maybe am to you, probably.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, you've been pretty good, but I think on nearly every rugby group show you got, and I, like, you are obviously a go. I think you're called P-Vagout <laughs> in one group chat. Um, <laughs> but I, I th- it needs to be, yeah, there needs to be talks now. Is he the right man um, looking forward yeah, moving on to the World Cup next year um,
0: because if nothing is done now it'll be too close um, Andy it'd be good to hear your opinion on this first because I've spoken to Luce about it probably drummed my opinions into Luce plenty of times but Andy <laughs> what 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 is your opinion on Pivac do you think he should be given a sort of this is a last chance or do you think he should be given the heave ho?
2: it's I think up until this tournament, I've been it I've been on the side of giving him time letting him put his plan into place, and also just to give him a little bit of credit coming in to fill the shoes of Gatland. Yeah, those are very big shoes to come in and fill, particularly considering um, pre-Gatland what what we had with coaches for a few years prior to that so it was never going to be an easy job. I felt much better about him last year. I mean, arguably, there's we had a few things go away to help us with that, but we still played well. We still scored a lot of tries and looked as if there was a bit of a shape coming to it. Um, my two main concerns with him now is partially it kind of... He was kind of presented as this coach who can build on what we've had and bring in a new exciting attack to go alongside um, our really solid defence that we've already had. If you compare where we are now to where we were in well, twenty eighteen, um, our defence is worse, and I can't, I wouldn't really be able to tell you what what our attacking plan or our attacking structure is. Um, doesn't seem like he's actually changed all that much, and I, I think I heard um, uh, I heard a quote. Well, I saw a quote from him on Twitter where, from the post match, when he was saying uh, how like if if Wales get to a quarter or a semi next year, then everyone will be happy. I was just like, hang on. When he took over this job in 2019, we were a penalty kick away from making the World Cup final, and we're like very, very close to being South Africa and arguably could have done that. Not necessarily should have, but could yeah. have. For us to progress as to progress as a team, that's getting to the final winning the thing. That's yeah. not coming in and achieving the same thing that your predecessor did and thinking that everyone will be happy with that. So I think if anything more than that kind of concerned me more than
0: Wales's actual performance if anything. Yeah, I completely agree. Couldn't couldn't agree more to be honest mate. And um his his attitude seems to be somewhat devoid of any understanding of the Welsh public in my opinion from that comment. You know, 2011 World Cup yeah. semi-final should have got to the final. 2015 World Cup quarterfinal, having had a tough group, knocked England out of their own World Cup, had a tough, you know, ridiculous spell of backs injuries that was bonkers. I think we ended up with a young Ansgar at fullback and um, Tyler Morgan making his debut at 13 in a World Cup quarterfinal. Like, this is almost farcical. Um, and we, we were very close to beating South Africa that day. And you look how close South Africa ran... New Zealand in that semi-final. So and then for him to come out and say yeah court, court, quarter quarter final 11 will be happy and you're like hold on no I I completely disagree with that partly partly because we're going to have the same group as we had 4 years ago or 3 years ago at the moment but 4 years ago in a year's time we're going to have Australia and Fiji. We won that group and if we win I think if we win the group we get quite a nice quarter final, don't we lose. I think it's I think it could be one of uh oh, was, it,
3: was it Japan or Argentina yeah. that's a second place in that which in that group.
0: with all due respect to both sides you know both sides are capable of performing well and have beaten wales in the in the past but you you back our chances normally against those two countries so yeah no, really. so to, to come out and then say, especially to, to come out and say after a loss against Italy as well is the, is the other baffling thing, that he's then gone, well, it doesn't really matter about that loss. That's completely wrong. Yeah. Mm. It's the first time the ever that, Wales have lost at home to Italy. And that, that only dawned on me this morning.
3: Yeah. And like, yeah. Every coach have their ups and downs, like that did, They lost yeah. in Rome. They drew at the Prince of Ball- or the Millennium stadium at the time. Every coach has ups and downs. It does seem like this is a massive down at the moment, where, like you just said, we've lost typically at home. Um, yes, we've improved in areas, but have we improved this tournament, really, where we're at now? Yeah. And we're so close to the World Cup. Like <sighs> South Africa changed the coach 18 months before the last World Cup, and they won.
0: <laughs> uh, this this is the stat. So um, I've nicked this off Russ Petty again. Quicked off of the captain, Russ Petty. But um, I think in three of the last four World Cups, a team that has changed their head coach uh, a year before the World Cup has gone on to reach the World Cup final. Now, for all of those people, for all those people that then say, "Oh, you can't change your your coaching team a year out from the World Cup," that's all I'm going to say on that. I don't think it I, needs, think,
3: I think I've said that actually. I don't, think,
0: I don't think more needs to be said. Um, on the other hand, and this has taken a bit of time from my part. <laughs> who on earth do you bring in? Because I've looked at this and look, this is all hypothetical. Pivac is still in the job, and you know I've said my piece on it. I I don't think he should be. I didn't think he should get the job in the first place. But that's that's by the bye. But. If you are a member of the WRU board who are going to be looking into it, the options are extremely, extremely limited because you look at the four regions at the moment. You've got Dai Young at Cardiff. Now, for me, he's the most obvious option, but we'll talk about him in a sec. But we've then got Dean Ryan. Well... You know that is a week away from a player revolt at the Dragons at the moment with talks of bullying and all sorts. And we saw the interview with Tavis Nall. I don't know if you've seen this, Andy, but he says Tavis Nall on, Gif- on oh, Jonathan, John, Jonathan. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. says his piece on yeah, him so there.
2: Is, like, uh,
0: Interesting, I thought that was. Um, you've then got Tony Booth at the Ospreys, who has stabilised the Ospreys, done a job, but the the, the quality of rugby is. Pretty dire, and for the Welsh public that you know generally want to see a more attacking game plan for in Gatland, that would not be the way forward. And finally, Dwayne Peel, who <laughs> at least I think a lot of Scarlets fans will say <laughs> is struggling in his own job at the moment. With you know, as, as much as I want Dwayne Peel to do well, it's yeah. it's not clicked yet for for him.
3: Yeah, well, we thought there was potential and then took a back, um, backward step this began didn't
0: we? Yeah, you know. It's it's difficult to see that being a positive. Um, let Let's deal with Dai Young first, and foremost. Andy, you're a you're a Cardiff fan. You mentioned to us pre pod that you were there in was it two thousand nine or twenty ten when uh, Cardiff were in that EDF final against Gloucester. Um, yeah, yeah. Dai Young, to you, what, what coming to Wales? Do you think he was unlucky not to possibly get the job in the first place, ahead of Gatland? Yeah, yeah.
2: Arguably, I mean. I... If you think you had a long stint at Cardiff, um, before going to Wasps and had a reasonable level of success there, did pretty well at Wasps as well, um, and managed to, yeah, have a, have a have a good run in a different environment outside of Wales, which I think is important as well, with Welsh rugby being the fishbowl that it is, <laughs> um, and then. Coming back, and I mean Cardiff have, had been up and down lately, but I think that's largely. I think a lot of that goes down to their circumstances with um, their South Africa trip and all that kind of thing, which is again another conversation. But I, I rate him. Um, I, I think if you look at the way that the Cardiff play, it's very open attacking and arguably what the welsh rugby public would want to see in terms of like style of play if you look at him as is i mean obviously he was a prop so <laughs> and uh, a set piece and breakdown and that kind of thing is clearly going to be also stuff that he is well aware of and has has knowledge on so in my head in theory that could be quite a nice balance, and I'd also love to see Thomas Williams and Jared Evans as rush halfbacks because I'm biased and I like the way they play. <laughs> um, well, but,
1: yeah,
0: you say biased, but I'm surprised we haven't seen more of Jared in the ten shirt for Wales because when we thought of this expansive game, we thought Patchell, who obviously has had his spells with injuries and difficulties, we thought Gareth Anscombe, who's had difficulties with injuries, but we ended up with bigger who isn't notorious for this style of play and in my opinion Bigger is one of the best kicking tens in the world but if you want to play a different mm. sort of game plan he's not not really the guy and um, yeah. there's talk about you know how he plays at Northampton but I've said my opinion on that um, the other Welsh coaches I wanted to mention you know you've got to mention Robin McBride still doing a brilliant job at Leinster but is he going to come back to a WIU probably not you know, Rob Howley this is someone mentioned Gatlin to me the other day, and I thought that was brilliant.
3: Where's my at?
0: my credit well yeah that's that that, that <laughs> that's never gonna happen if anyone's seen slammed um you know Sean Edwards, I'd love to have him back, but you know that ship sailed, and w r u buggered that by not offering the length of contract you know <laughs> the issue was he wanted a longer contract than the d- head coach, whether that would have been weird, maybe not because of his track record, but also. You're offering him a co-defense coach with Byron Hayward, but which would have been odd at the slightest. The other Welsh coaches, Danny Wilson at Glasgow. Well, I've spoken to a few Glasgow fans recently, and they they're not too fussed on him. And Steve Tandy, who is you know I'm not I'm not going to even try to talk about how much I think Steve Tandy should be involved in the setup because it seems obvious to me that one of the best defense coaches in the world. Is now at Scotland and he's Welsh, and yep. we are not taking him, taking him. So that's that's a baffling one. Um, I then did look at England because I cause, <laughs> and all the English coaches and I've listed them all here are we going through the whole world yeah we we are we are in a sec but not (laughs) completely but in all seriousness rob baxter's never coming to uh, to wales because he wants the england job similarly with borthwick similarly with sanderson so you you take them out you take out the ones that are unsuccessful you take out blackett solomons i think dean richards would be similar to dean ryan so there's no point discussing that one skivington Stuart hooper they're all gone you then look at who's left. So you've got Chris Boyd, who's the coach at Northampton. He's likely to go he's going back to New Zealand to to be back with family, I think. And so he's pretty much out of out of the job, but would play attacking rugby, so it'd be exciting. The other option is Declan Kidney, who I would actually be interested in that one. Plays really open yeah. attacking rugby at Irish, has won a Grand Slam with Ireland. Would he yeah. take the job? I don't know. Is he getting on a bit? He's 62, I did say to someone he looks about 75, but you know, that was a bit harsh. <laughs> um but that's I I and I then look at the Leinster amongst the coaching teams and they're all leaving. So honestly, I bar I'm I'm literally scraping the barrel with Declan Kidney, who I don't think would want to take the job. But there are so many people taking up new contracts, even like back backroom staff. And the other name that I've mentioned several times is Pat Lamb. And Scott Robertson. Well, Pat Lamb yeah. is under contract until 2028, Scott Robertson is waiting for the New Zealand job, which may well come available after the World Cup. So he, he's not going to leave.
2: Did Pat Lamb, uh, did I see that a while ago in an interview you mentioned that he liked to coach Wales?
0: He did, yeah. He, he, oh. is, he is very interested in that. But if you're signed up to 2028 and the WIU have the money concerns that they apparently <laughs> do have... It's gonna be difficult Can to buy that. Do, do a Dwayne Peel. Do a Dwayne Peel. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: well, and just jump ship halfway through. Yep.
3: yep. <laughs> well, before you even starting,
0: he did. Well, yeah. <laughs> I did think of Brad Moore actually. That was the other name that I had written down, but I don't think he's gonna leave for his assistant's job at New Zealand. Um, but the no. the long and short of it is, after, you know, well however long we've spent on that, and me particularly ranting. There's no obvious option. <laughs> and the WIU aren't going to get rid of Pirac.
1: No.
0: So rather than say the last 10 minutes have been pointless. but uh, <laughs> yeah. D-
3: <laughs> yeah, he did not them <laughs> with a the cap back. So, oh, we haven't heard anything anyway. What
2: I've been thinking about, and what I guess a lot of Welsh rugby Twitter has been talking about, is the, the Welsh performance in this tournament now just a bit of an eye-opener of you can't get by with the Welsh team punching above their their weight and the regions just being in disarray with funding and um development pathway system and all that kind of thing. because I mean I was in I was in the pub yesterday and uh, got a chance to at a few Irish blokes who and we were just talking about it because on paper if you think both got four regions similar ish kind of um rugby cultures and that kind of thing i mean arguably ireland has more money and all that
0: population and things yeah
2: yeah but if you compare compare them and i mean like leinster are on great form the rest are the yeah, munster connell ulster have all been consistently solid for the last few years, all through to the knockouts of the Champions Cup, um, and if you compare that to where Wales, are, I mean, like Leinster, their second team still would beat like most mid-table teams and Munster, um, and um, um, yeah, totally. Whereas um, in comparison. Like, I mean, Cardiff have a great backline and ridiculous back row, but are arguably missing a few players in the pack, which kind of shoots them in the foot a little little bit. Um, Got other issues of that with the other regions.
0: Ospreys only have a pack. (laughs) That's the other issue. (laughs) They only have a pack.
2: (laughs) I I mean, I'm not kind of riding hopes on this, but is, is there an element of... Well, maybe we need to look at the state of rugby lower down and sort that out, so that so that I mean, even if you look at Italy, like they've been funding and uh, putting resources into their under twenties and into their clubs for the past five, six years or so, and then this is now potentially then showing the fruit of that, and um, rather than necessarily as much as I think there's probably in theory a better option to be act, but should do it should the sort of scrutiny be firmly with what 's happening below the senior national team level
0: if i've been very loath to criticize that in the past and um, probably wrong in doing so because um i 've always seen it you know comparing with Ireland is a difficult one because financially there 's so much ahead of of what the Welsh clubs, and partly that 's down to some interesting decisions made at Wru level. Partly that's down to some interesting decisions made at the start of such clubs like the Ospreys, you know, when we're paying fortunes for certain players. Um, but then you also look at little things like Ireland, all their best players play in Ireland because they want to play for the Ireland team and they could only do that. And in the last 10 years, Wales, a lot of the best Welsh talent has been abroad now that's no yeah. longer the case really you look at that 23 for for the italy game and i think you've got lrz playing abroad you've got falatau you've got bigger and sheedy have i left anyone out there I don't think so that's it. yeah that's it that play abroad and then um,
3: bradley, bradley roberts
0: bradley roberts but you know in the case of falatau and bradley roberts they're both coming home or yeah. you know coming home depending where you see bradley Roberts' home being but um <laughs> So so I don't know if that's still the case. Mm. So therefore, what are we looking at? Are we looking at the fact that the Welsh regions just can't compete? Are the players not good enough? And that's the other thing that has been labelled at it. But I saw someone say that you know the Wales under-20s have been rubbish. Well, they have been pretty poor this year. I don't think we can get away from that. It was an inexperienced under-20s side that lost to Italy under-20s today. Mm. Yep. But... Twenty sixteen, I think, Wales under twenties won the Grand Slam. Now, granted, it's one it's a one off game and that sort of thing. And I think was it twenty thirteen, was it, that, that the the Wales under twenties reached the junior World Cup final?
1: Yeah, I and think it was, yeah,
0: you look at those two, well, the team that was the twenty sixteen Grand Slam, those players should be in their prime of their careers now.
1: Yeah.
0: So why aren't why aren't Wales being more successful? How are those players not featuring more and i think there are lots of issues um so i did see something along the lines of Nigel Walker has been distracted by focusing on the the women's game in the last season i thought that was ridiculous like you know the women's game clearly needed a lot more help than than the men's game needs yeah, and needed yeah. those professional contracts loose. so you know we'll have the women's six nations coming up next next week but do you, think, do you think it's a simple issue of funding or do you think there are more powers that be in the WRU that are not doing the correct things or have, haven't done the correct things in the past? And is there a simple quick fix? I
3: don't think we'll ever find out exactly what's going on or exactly <laughs> what the answer is. Um, but at the end of the day, something needs to be done now. Um, because you've had the talks of regions combining for a few years Um, I don't know what the answer is really Um, because one year we win the um, championship next year we come fifth
0: It's a difficult one traditionally have I been worried about the region's form if, if the country's doing well probably not and that's, yeah. that's quite bad on my behalf. Um, and I think lots of people have been the same, but it has got to a tipping point now. you know uh, the, the, it is slightly there are mitigating factors why no, none of the Welsh regions are in Europe this season. you know I think that's quite clear to see. I think, I think there's something yeah. ridiculous like if Cardiff had taken a, if Cardiff had taken a loss um, a forfeited their games, they would be in the Champions Cup. Because of they lost out on points difference, which is slightly bizarre. And then, you know, Scarlet's they they were absolutely shafted and Ospreys, you know, played a second team for some of their games. So
3: And um, by forfeiting a the game they weren't given the opportunity then for hmm. postponement, Yeah. So it was a bit of a disaster, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think the Welsh Regions were shafted to some extent, but they weren't yeah. they weren't likely to perform well. They haven't performed no. well this season. No. Um no. do you uh, Andy, do you would you be for combining some of the Ralph's regions? Do you think that would help Wales? Personally, I'm I'm worried it may hinder hinder the national side. Do you feel similarly?
2: Yeah, I think I'd be. I I, I like, like you guys have said. I don't I don't know the solution. It seems like there's a lot of problems with that whole setup. Um, yeah i i if they if they were to merge regions i'm not sure it would necessarily help things unless there was a really clear structure of if we do this um, then the, then the regions budget will be vastly expanded and you'll get X, Y and z amount um this season and this is how we're going to grow um Rugby in my way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> I, I'm with... Because I guess like, if we look back to... Looking back way back now, but back to Celtic Warriors and all that kind of thing, them, them being disbanded and their players being shipped around for wherever they, ever they could find a contract didn't really help the game. Not that that was necessarily a plan. Um...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't
3: know. Yeah. The- like with a merger, like oh, obviously, then the rivalry games, the derbies wouldn't be a thing. And that's where they bring in crowds um, for these regional teams. That's where the biggest funding comes from. Um, and by merging the teams, <laughs> to be fair, I think a lot of supporters will be against it. Mm. And budget wise, who knows how bad you
0: could go? Yeah, i yeah. I think i I think the worrying sign that a lot of people will see is you know not a capacity stadium at on a Friday night, Wales France mm. because that's where the money comes from is the Wales France game, yeah. uh, not Wales yeah. France but the home Wales fixtures and, yeah. if you can't fill out those games, it's going to be worrying. Um, looking forward Wales in the summer, you know, Wales have got a tough trip to South Africa. It'll be interesting to see what sort of squads picked. Because obviously a lot of these players have been on the Lions last summer. Do do those get a rest? Possibly, you know, the, the the established players, you know, the older players. Does he go with a more experimental squad? That'll be interesting. Uh, um, I will say I did ask my stepdad who he would like to have as coach. And he did suggest Razzy Erasmus, which would no. be one of the most controversial things I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I can't decide if I'd hate it or love it. But I can tell you for a fact we wouldn't be playing exciting rugby. Um uh, what would you? What would you? What would you do, Andy, in the summer? Would you play some of the youngsters, give them a chance, or would you like to see Wales go full hit with the, with the first choice team, or a bit of both?
2: Um, I think probably a bit of both. I think I, I think the purpose of the summer. I mean, Six Nations, the championship has got so much history, so much tradition around it. Your aim has to be to go and win that. Summer, I think, is much more of a place to give, to develop some depth, uh, give players some experience. But then, on the other hand, if he picks a really young team and they go and play three games and get absolutely destroyed by South Africa, I'm not sure how much that necessarily would help their development, really. So, I think it's probably a bit of both in that. I, it's tricky though, because I think, how. If we hadn't established this as our first team, then I think it would be a bit easier to... Yeah. Like, well, win. Yeah. let's give some of the main guys a rest. But I don't think that knows what his first choice 15 is, yeah. at least in like centres or in the back row if if, if one of VD e. Tipperick or Falata was injured. Um, and arguably other positions as well. So uh, I think if we had more of a more consistency in our selection then it would be easier to to kind of put that to one side and pick some younger boys to go and get some experience but at the moment I think what we need to know is who's we, we always need to be de- developing depth but we also do need to know like if we were in knockouts of the Rugby World Cup tomorrow and everyone was fit who would you pick yeah. and
3: I yeah, I agree.
2: think I think everyone at the moment would have a different answer to that, which is like if you, what's the point develop in developing depth if you can't have some consistency in your team at the same
0: time. Yeah, completely agree. Um, so I haven't really answered your questions. <laughs> um, no, I think you have. I think you have. You've you've basically said we need to pick a team that is that we think is going to be the first team, yeah. and. Like you say, how many yeah. of those players could I say were definite first choices? Well, at the moment I think they've finally decided on their first choice nine. I think they've established who the first choice ten is now by making him captain. Um I think George North has been yeah. massively missed this tournament, so I suspect he'll come back in at thirteen. Josh Adams is first choice yeah. wing and then it's whoever accompanies him. Fullback Liam at the moment it looks like it has to be Liam, but I don't think he's playing his best rugby either. Yeah. Like like you said, back row, if it's not Tolupe Falatao, Tipperic, and Navidi, there is about sixteen million options, but not one clear <laughs> one and, and realistically,
1: I think how
2: often those players get injured, yeah, historically, there needs to be some really clear plan Bs if any of them aren't available
0: exactly and Wales's injury record at World Cups is pretty bad, especially recently, yeah. so that's not something that we can take lightly. Um we probably should mention the other games that happened yesterday quickly before we go. And um, they they were some really good games. Ireland, Scotland, I think Ireland just just ground down Scotland really. You know, I mentioned the moment Hog ruins a two expected. on one. But you know, what do you expect with Hogg and ruining tries out in Ireland? Um especially after going on a <laughs> bend other week before. Um but <laughs> um you know, from a total, Ireland must be pretty happy with their tournament, especially considering the fears that were to peak too early. They're probably quite glad to finish second and not first, loose. I still think
3: they've peaked too early. It's just standard <laughs> Ireland, really. Um, no, I think France were in a league above the rest. Ireland were obviously better than the rest of us yeah, um, just looking at their regional teams we, we always knew Ireland would be strong um, and sometimes we're the strength of well, all four regional teams they haven't always delivered yeah. as a whole then com- combining together as a country they've never they haven't always delivered um, so I think that would be a massive confidence boost for them yeah the fact they haven't come first they haven't been too early um, probably they will think now um. So I think they'll go into the World Cup with a lot more confidence than they have over previous years, um, knowing we're going to be knocked out in the quarters. But I think even if they get to the quarters, they're going to be against a hard team, which is actually quite funny. Yeah,
0: I think they're likely to be France or New Zealand, which isn't exactly ideal. Um,
3: (laughs) Which is funny, actually. Yeah. Uh,
0: Scotland, look, um, I think it's a really disappointing campaign for Scotland, and I think... I think they were decimated in the pack by injuries. I think Jamie Ritchie's stock must have gone through the roof because they've missed him so much in that pack as a leader. Um, You know, it's it's a difficult one. I don't know where Scotland go from here, really, to be perfectly honest. I think if they can get Redpath in that 12 jersey, it should help a few things. But I don't think he's the simple answer. Getting a few of their injured players back in will be crucial. England losing out in France. It was always going to be a tough stall for England. They probably picked a team which was very defensive minded. Um, Andy, do you think? Do you think England are looking? You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of positivity around England. Do you think they're looking like a side that are building to that 2023 World Cup? or so do you, do you think they're a bit in flux? I think they are in flux, but I don't want to sort of get my hopes
2: up too much because uh, <laughs> I mean. I mean, the back line doesn't look settled. Um, the, the pack, I mean, they do they do have a lot of quality on the pitch. Um, like, OJ's been phenomenal this tournament. Um, yeah. Their pack is looking solid. Um, may, maybe some question marks over back row is to kind of where they're getting, but I think their pack has given them a lot of go, of go forward. They just, the back line doesn't look, Look necessarily comfortable,
1: um, even if you do have Marcus Smith being given man match every game.
2: <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I think I don't want to put them down because Eddie Jones has history of him. some questionable calls, but more often than they, they, they're not, it's paid off for them. So. I It wouldn't surprise me if he manages to turn, to turn them around and end up making a semi-final or another final as much as it picks so. up.
0: Yeah, it does worry me as well. I think they need to sort out one of the second rows. Number eight seems to be an issue. Um, nine, they need to pick a nine. Which style they want to play. If they want to play box kicking or if they want to play free. Um Centres, as you mentioned, clearly an issue. But without Tulangi, they don't know. Although I think Marchant, I personally would like to see Marchant there as the thirteen when Tuolangi's not there. I thought he had a very good game. Wingers, if you can pick wingers on the wing, that may be a good start. Um, you know, Freddie still had a good game yesterday, but yeah, it would help definitely. But Freddie still had a good game, but he's a fullback playing wing, not 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 a not a wing. So um, yeah, that's that's my opinion on that one. France loose. Do you think anyone can stop them? In what little under eighteen months time?
3: I think the Southern Hemisphere, totally different kind of league of their own, um, and France are right up there with them. Um, I think I've said this a few times, but a few years ago I called in the final it'd be France New Zealand if the path leads um, correctly to that. But being a home World Cup, of course they're going to be tough to beat. You. And Now they've finally not well, buggered up a um, Grand Slam opportunity. They've actually won that now again at home at Paris. Um, that's going to give them the belief, the confidence at a home World Cup that they can do it. Yeah, um, It's been a long time coming. They've got this fantastic group of players, honestly. <laughs> We've done a team of the tournament, haven't we, and, well most of it, is our French players. Yeah. And we could have put a few more French players in, I'm sure, but their players at the moment, the strength and depth, it's not even the first team, the strength and depth they've got coming through as well, it's mad.
0: That, and that second gonna, 15, that second yeah. 15 is scary. Yeah, I was just running through it before and I was thinking, Doolan at fullback. back then you've got Teddy Thomas and... You've Mofana on the wings and you had Vakatawa Vincent in the centres you've got Jalibert at 10 you've got Lucou or Serain at 9 you, That that is an insane back line for a first yeah. team let alone a second team and then you know I you've got you've got guys that aren't even the squad that are just ridiculous so I yeah France are going to be hard to beat um, definitely and you know we mentioned it earlier with Sean Edwards I think They've got a guy to to instill that discipline in them. And they are now, they've taken all the French flair and added discipline to it, which is incredible. The first try I want to mention, because it is so beautiful to watch, the way Jaminé drifts on the pass to take it on the outside of of Freddie Stewart. And then the little dummy that Villiers sells. When he's when he's half tackled, someone's around his legs and he sells Itoji a dream to pop Woki through the hole. It's just, it's just to die for. And look, if you want to watch rugby, watch the French because they are so exciting to watch and Dupont is the master in it. And-
2: I can't argue with him being World Player of the Year. I think my one slight thing is I, because we've come to expect such incredible stuff from him over the years, I do a controversial opinion, but I don't think he's played his best rugby in the past year. I think he's still been excellent, but I think... Is I think because he's got such a high expectation. I think, which which I guess is the scary thing. He's been phenomenal and head and tail, head and shoulders above all the other scrum skrimeras in the northern hemisphere. But arguably, could still be better and could still be yeah, uh, yeah, bring out better performances.
0: Which. Yeah, biggest belief really. really. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have his best game against Car- um against Wales in Cardiff. To be fair, you know his kicking game could definitely improve. So I think that's, that's a scary <laughs> prospect. If you think, well, you think, and pretty much I think as well, a little bit that he has areas to improve. Um, he's, he's nearly got a full house.
3: It's just the World
0: Cup now. Yeah, just the World Cup. Let, yeah, I I I'd, yeah. I'd like to see France win it at home. I'd like to see a Northern Hemisphere winner. And at the moment the only one that's likely to do that that I want to see is France the other possibility is England and that doesn't that doesn't bear well so um, thanks so much for coming on Andy Uh, and thanks as as well to Lucy it's been it's been a tough tough pod to do to be fair but uh, probably needed doing Andy hopefully we can get you on next time for a bit more of a an easy pod to to talk about a great victory but (laughs) wait when do you see that next victory coming November
2: 2023
3: right
2: probably not well it is (laughs) (laughs)
1: hoping
2: yeah well thanks for having me on it's been a pleasure yeah enjoyed it and uh, yeah hopefully hopefully we can have a more cheery Welsh victory (laughs) next time
0: yeah I think that the like, thing for for all of us we're hoping for that. Um yeah, cheers for listening, um, everyone. And yeah, I think we will do a few fewer pods to come in the future, Lou. So are we doing a... Yes. we'll obviously be talking Women's Six Nations and URC next week. What what are we what are the prospects for the URC next week? Who's who's playing?
3: Um I think Scarlet's are away to Zebra. Um <laughs> we bet we better get involved there. <laughs> Um, I know Ospreys are heading to South Africa, they're playing Lions, yeah. Um, and then I think Glasgow are coming to Cardiff Farms Park, I and mean, then I don't actually know where dragons are at. I'm not gonna lie, we to look into that.
0: I'm not sure, I'm not sure anyone knows where dragons are at. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thanks very much for, for listening, and so long.